you take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Begin, excuse me, John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And begin reading in a few moments uh, with verse 11. Again, this introduction this morning by you know, asking you to find out some names of other people. I got a, a question for you. What's your name? Now, don't answer too quickly. Let me explain. When I was born, I was given a name. It's Kenneth Wesley Harmon. And as I was growing up, my parents called me Kenneth. And the kids in the neighborhood called me Kenneth. Well, as I got a little bit of older, then, you know, some of my friends stopped calling me Kenneth. They started calling me Ken. And then I went to work for a supermarket. And when I was hired, the manager of that supermarket, for some reason, I don't know why, he started calling me Kenny. So he put Kenny on my name tag, and I was Kenny at the supermarket. Joy's roommates, when we started dating when I was in college, had a little name for me. It wasn't just Kenny. It was Skinny Kenny. <laughs> so I guess that's another name I've had. Then I went into the ministry. And at the first little church I had out in western Kentucky when I was in seminary, I was Brother Harmon. And then I moved to upstate South Carolina where I was pastor for a while, and I was Preacher Harmon. And when I moved to Newberry, I was Pastor Harmon because there's a lot of Lutheran influence there, and they usually call their ministers pastor. Well, you know, if I officiated at a funeral, and the name that I had when it was put in the obituary was the Reverend Dr. Kenneth W. Harmon. Because I'd earned a doctor's degree, and so I was Dr. Harmon. And then I had a child, and then another child, and I was daddy. And then I had grandchildren, and I am now Pop-Pop. So, you know, when you ask me what my name is, I could give you a whole lot of answers. Maybe you can too. What's your name? Do you know that God knows your name? Have you ever looked through the Bible and seen the different ways in which God called people and he would call them by name? You know, what about Abraham? Way back in the beginning of Genesis. And you know, God went to Abraham and he wanted him to do something really hard. He wanted him to sacrifice his son. And he said to him, Abraham, Abraham. He called him twice. When God met Moses at the burning bush, God called to Moses out of the burning bush. He said to him, Moses, Moses. He knew his name. When he went to Samuel, when Samuel was still a boy, he called his name in the middle of the night. Samuel thought it was Eli the priest called him two or three times before Eli realized what was happening. And then Samuel realized it was God who was calling him his name. God gave Jeremiah a vision one time and he said, Jeremiah, what do you see? When the risen Christ met who was to become the apostle Paul, his name was Saul then, he was persecuting the church. And, and Jesus went to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? We're going to read a passage of Scripture this morning where again, Jesus called someone by name. Now let me give you a little bit of background. 
Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early on Easter Sunday morning, and she found the tomb empty. And her immediate thought was, somebody has stolen the body of Jesus. So she ran to where the disciples were and told them. Peter and John jumped up, and they took off running to the tomb. John got there first, didn't go in. Simon Peter caught up with him. He saw the stone rolled away. Simon Peter went in. John went in. Scripture says John saw and believed, saw the, you know, the empty grave and believed. And then they left. Well, it took Mary longer to get back, and Mary finally got back to the empty tomb where she thought the body of Jesus had been stolen. And this is what happened. John chapter 20, beginning with verse 11. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Why are you, what are you looking for? Thinking who was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Do you know that Jesus knows your name? He knew Mary's name. And Mary was, had gone back there to the tomb. She went back there to the tomb thinking that the body of Jesus had been stolen. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Mary. Mary was from a town called Magdala. It was on the western shore, shore of the Sea of Galilee. And it was a, a right prosperous town. There was a lot of fishing that went on there, the industries that went along with the commercial fishing that took place. It was on a trade route. Uh, it was a pretty well-off town for those times. Evidently, Mary was pretty well-off financially. Maybe she had been a businesswoman, but she had had a problem. Scripture says she had been possessed by seven demons. And Jesus had cast those demons out of her, and she had become a follower of Jesus. And she was a devoted follower of Jesus. She followed him. Other women followed him and the disciples. And she was one of the ones who took her own financial resources and used them to help support Jesus in his ministry. She was determined she was going to follow him. She was a devoted follower of Jesus. When he was going to Jerusalem, after telling the disciples that he was going to be executed there, she went. She followed to Jerusalem. She followed him through the things that he was experiencing there. She followed him all the way to Calvary and stood at the foot of the cross. 
She saw them drive the nails through his hands. She heard his busy, bitter cries. She saw him die. She saw the Roman soldier thrust the spear into his side and pronounce him dead. Still, she didn't leave. She stood back while they took his body down from the cross. And then she followed all the way to the cemetery where they buried him because she wanted to know where he was buried, because she had a plan. She was coming back and was going to prepare his body with a proper burial. She followed all the way. So after the Sabbath was over, she went back. She went back to the tomb, and the stone had been rolled away. Jesus was gone. We read the story. She went and told the disciples. They came, saw, left. She came back, and she came back. She looked in and saw the angels there. Didn't know that they were angels. Thought that they had taken the body of Jesus. Thought somebody had taken the body of Jesus. She didn't know who. She probably had her ideas. Maybe it was grave robbers. Jesus had been buried in the tomb of a rich man, and, you know, there might have been grave robbers who wanted to see if there was any treasure in there. She thought maybe it might have been his enemies that were stealing away his body to bring about one last desecration to this man that they hated. So here she was at the tomb. Didn't know where Jesus' body was. Had given her all in following him. She stood there, her eyes brimming with tears. Her mind clouded with grief, and Jesus spoke to her. And she thought it was the gardener. She thought it was the keeper of the cemetery. And she must have thought something like, well, maybe this keeper of the cemetery didn't like a criminal being buried in his cemetery, and maybe he's moved the body. So she started saying, you know, tell me where you've put him. I want to go get him. And then Jesus spoke to her. And I want us to consider this morning what the risen Christ had to say to her. Because what he had to say to her has meaning for you and I today. Let's think about it. Jesus said to Mary, Mary. There she was at the tomb, thinking all was lost, all was gone. And Jesus said, Mary. A warm word, a personal word, a loving word. Mary whirled around in amazement. She said with her eyes wide, Teacher! Wow! He's, Jesus is alive! It dawned on her. You know, she had been right in being devoted to him all along. She had heard him call her name, the good shepherd calling one of his sheep by name. And that began to make all of the difference in her life, for now she knew she was right in following Jesus and being devoted to Jesus. Because he was alive. She thought he was dead. He was alive. And that began to make all of the difference. Because her devotion was true, and it was right, and it was placed with the right person. Jesus spoke to her, Mary. Called her name. Did you ever notice in the scripture how 
Jesus knew people's name. Remember when he was going through Jericho on the way to Jerusalem? And, you know, there was a man there that had heard about Jesus and wanted to, you know, find out about him, wanted him to see him, but he was a little short fellow. His name was Zacchaeus, and he went and climbed a tree. You remember what happened? Here is Jesus walking through town, a crowd around him. He walks up to that tree, looks up, and says, Zacchaeus, come down from there. I want to go home for lunch with you. He knew his name. Have you, have you ever noticed in Scripture that Jesus knew things about people that, how would he know them? When he was calling his disciples, he had called Philip. Philip went to Nathaniel and said, we found the Christ. Nathaniel said, where's he from? Nazareth. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Philip said, well, come on and look. Make, make up your mind for yourself. As Nathaniel was going to Jesus, Jesus said to him, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip came to you. And he was amazed. How did Jesus know that about him? You remember the woman at the well? Jesus' disciples had gone and way to, to buy food, and he was at the well alone, and this woman came out in the middle of the day, and, and Jesus carried on a conversation with her. And in the midst of the conversation, he said, you know, you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. She was astounded. How did he know that? Jesus knows our name. Jesus knows what goes on in our lives. Jesus knows the good th things that go on in our lives and the good things that we do. Jesus knows the sins that we commit. They're not hidden from Him. He knows. Jesus, like He knew about Mary, knows about our grief and anxiety. For you see, grief and anxiety comes to this, us in this old world, doesn't it? But you've experienced it. I'm sorry. It's malignant. He just couldn't survive that. Well, if you'll sell now, you might get back a small portion of your investment. Mommy and Daddy hadn't been getting along, and we've decided to try living apart. We know about grief and anxiety, don't we? Marches into our lives. In the midst of her grief and anxiety, Jesus came to Mary and he called her by name. And her faith came alive and her hope returned. It was as if Jesus was saying to her, It's all right. I'm with you now. I'm going to be with you. You're going to make it. I'm not going to fail you. I'm not ever going to desert you. Jesus says the same to us. Jesus comes to us and He says to us, I love you. You're the reason I died on the cross. Yeah, I know you've sinned. That's why I died. To pay the price for your sin. I love you and will give you eternal life. Let me be your Savior. Jesus comes to us in the midst of our sorrow and speaks His comfort to us. Jesus is the Good Shepherd who knows His sheep by name. Jesus is the Savior who knows us by name and calls our name. In the midst of our sorrow and grief, Jesus came to Mary and He said to her, Mary, 
and he speaks to you as well. Something else Jesus said to Mary. He said, do not hold on to me. Now, Jesus wasn't trying to break off the relationship with Mary. That's not what he was doing at all. In essence, what he was saying is that we're going to have a deeper relationship. He said, you've got to let go of me as a limited physical presence so that you can receive me back as the universal spiritual presence. And that's what happened. Jesus returned to the Father so that he could come to all of us through his Holy Spirit and be right with us. He stays close to us. He cares about us, and he wants to be with us. Jesus said something else. He said, I'm returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Don't you like the personal pronouns there? Do you understand that Christianity is more than a religion? It's a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Your God, my God, your Father, my Father. Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians and said, For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, and indeed there are many gods and many lords, yeah, there are. This world is filled with gods and lords. Many people follow them. He goes on to say, Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. Jesus is the Christ, the Creator. Jesus is the Redeemer. And He says, My God, and he says, your God. And he says, my Father. And he says, your Father. God is the Father of Jesus by nature. Jesus is the Son of God by his nature. He's by nature the Son of God. He is the unique, one-of-a-kind, only Son of God in that sense. But by grace, we are the children of God. For as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Fantastic good news. Jesus' Father and our Father. Jesus said, my Father and your Father. What good news Mary heard that first Easter. That the God... The true God, the living God, the eternal God is our Father who loves us, who made us, who watches over us, who provides for us, who instructs us, guides us, disciplines us, and will take us to be with Him forever. All because He's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and Jesus died for us. Mary said, go to my brothers and tell them, Go to my brothers and tell them. Getting off of personal again. Brothers. You know, if you read the Gospel of John, a few chapters before this, Jesus talks to his disciples that he calls them servants. And then a couple of more chapters, and he calls them friends. Now he's calling them brothers. What a progression. We think we're signing up for duty, 
and we are, but it turns out it's a family business, and we can have a part in it. Brothers, sisters in the faith, children of God Himself, go to my brothers and tell them. Christianity isn't meant to be private. Christianity isn't something where we grab hold of Jesus and we, you know, have our little relationship with Jesus, our little prayer time with Jesus, and, you know, that, that's as far as it goes. Ah, we rejoice that Jesus is the risen Christ. Others need to know. Others need to understand. We need to tell them by the way that we live, and we need to tell them by our words as we proclaim Christ is alive, and He's alive in my life, and He makes a difference in my life. Jesus had some things to say to Mary. The risen Christ said some things to Mary that made all of the difference. What's your name? What's your name? I told you I have many names. You know what my favorites are? Ken's one of them. That's what Joy, my wife, calls me. One of them is Daddy. Another one's Pop-Pop. The personal names, the names that have to do with relationship, the names that have to do with a loving relationship. The risen Christ wants a loving relationship with you. Do you hear him speaking your name? You know, if you, if you look at this passage, Jesus went to Mary and spoke her name. Did you, did you get that? It wasn't so much that Mary found Jesus. She was looking all over the place for him and couldn't see him. But Jesus found her. And he spoke to her. And isn't that the way it works? Remember a couple of the parables Jesus told about the shepherd who had a hundred sheep, catted them one night, one was missing, left the 99, went out looking for the one, searched for it till he found it. But he went around calling that sheep by its name. Because shepherds then named their sheep. Remember the story Jesus told about the woman who had ten coins? Lost one of them. Wasn't just ten coins. It's probably kind of part of her dowry. You know, had the significance of like a, a, an engagement wing or a wedding ring might have today. So the woman swept her house till she found that coin. She had to find it. Jesus comes looking for us. Jesus comes speaking our name. Do you need to hear Jesus speaking your name? Maybe you're not even quite sure why you came here today. It's Easter, and that's, you, come to, you go to church on Easter. But maybe there's something deeper that has drawn you. Maybe it's a need for a relationship. A relationship for the one who, with the one who loved you so much that he died for you. The one who will forgive your sin. The one who will walk with you through the deepest valley. Never desert you. Never give up on you. Stand by you through thick and thin. Maybe today. You hear the reason Christ speaking your name. Maybe you heard it in some of the music. Maybe you heard it when the scripture was read. 
Maybe you heard it in a prayer. Maybe you heard it in this message. But you know that the risen Christ is speaking your name. It might not be audible like it was with Mary, but you feel him tugging at your heart, and you know he's speaking to you. Mary was blessed because when the risen Lord spoke her name, she responded. As the risen Christ speaks your name, are you going to respond? Bow with me, please, in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we can come into your house today and worship the risen Christ. We're so grateful that He made us. He loved us so much He died for us. He rose again for our justification and He comes seeking us. We thank You that we have such a Savior.